Episode 55, Dietrich Davis, Mark Morell. We'll give you the advertising later. Let me start you off with a little bit of music. I fucked up completely. This is Ron Simmons, and you're listening to Action Blue shit, shit. Noki with the ring. Yo. Yo. Gypsy salami, cheeses from the cage. Wild dandelion greens dressed up on a plate. Parmesan crisp, we wildin' in Maria. Doing all the drugs off of Pico in La Brea. Peace to King's English, sticky green fingers. Rock fresh Polaroids, bitches named Dinga. Cunnilingus, buddy howling singing. Hash between my butt cheeks, hookers in the blush. Sweet whole grain mustard, 12 grain bread. Move cocaine out of Spokane, I got no shame. Spit the propane, relieve you of your gold chain. Go to bed without even knowing a hoe's name Hazelnuts red, banana on the bread Treat you like a shark with a hammer on your head Mock neck sweaters, I pack them on the thread Fat black leathers, leave your body in the shed Damn, peace to motherfucking Iceland Action Bronson from the Blue Chips mixtape. I think I'm just going to make that the theme song of the show. Okay, okay. Just the chorus. Damn. Hey. (laughs) Just the chorus. Everybody who doesn't know Action Bronson is a large wrestling fan. I'll pull up some footage after this of him throwing niggas off the stage. Now, you know, when I listen to Bronson, I hear so much of his inspiration. Ghostface. You know what's so funny? They almost got into a fight. Yeah, they did. And he wasn't. He always hated that people called him similar to Ghostface. But he one hundred percent what he was doing. When the real Action Bronson came out, nigga was calling him old and this, that, and the other. And he goes, "I never was a fan of you anyway." I think the real Action, and then Papa Wu had to step in, mm-hmm. and then shit calmed down. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of his for a long time, but I'm a big, I, 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 not a fan, I'm not a fan of none of you niggas. Let's never get that twisted. I'm a big supporter of Action Bronson. A fan to none of you. Tooie. Fan to none of you. Take that spit, that spit went right near your foot if you think I'm a fan. On purpose. There you go. One of them one of them wet ones that come from your heart, that passed your heart by your carotid artery. Oh, after damn. you ate like a big, big sandwich that you fit your chest slow down on. <laughs> and you don't want to tell nobody, but you know your chest slowed the fuck down. <laughs> uh, you <sighs> Tui. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of that WrestleMania Triple H Mac. <laughs> Tui, nigga. <laughs> My fake spit. I don't even know how I do that. <laughs> Most people do that. You think some real spit is coming out. <laughs> you ever seen a person spit in the street like that? Son, I've it's seen. It's the nasty. <laughs> I saw, I was on the 41 bitch uh, tra- 41 on the bus. bus. Yeah. Crazy bitch gets on. She was like, I like your jeans. You sexy. I said, no, bitch. No, I'm not. Stay away from me. She was crazy. Bitch went, <laughs> spit on the bus floor and rubbed it out. Everyone looked at her. She goes, I had to spit. And this was singing her song out loud. Damn, that reminds me of the time when uh, Lord Jamal caught a uh, a bootlegged African on the back of the neck, hogging a um, payphone um, for like 
12 hours. <laughs> hey, the, I, hey, that's his business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go find another payphone. It was on every corner when he was the man at one point. Well, at that time, right. You know what I mean? This this is when the um this is when the um the Africans was hustling in front of A five forty like fiftieth Street from the old hotel where the um A and P is at right now or food important yeah, is at right now after after right. they yeah they would be there in the evening after they left Canal Street and right. shit like they'd be that. out there making them long distance calls and them fake ass bags on there and shit well like motherfuckers that. was trying to make calls upstairs to Def Jam to get record deals or to do something yeah. you know but all you needed was a pass man we had all that but, you uh, know different time different age um. You worked in the Universal building. Exactly. You shared the building with Universal. I was yeah. in. I was in and out that building on a regular I'm surprised basis. Surprised I didn't bump into you like that, man. You know why we went on this? We we came in on the side of. We used to. You know what's funny? Every day we ate from the Mexican place that was right in front. Right. Okay. So I'm surprised we never crossed back. You know, Tosh worked across the street. Exactly. And then me and my homegirl Ebony and them, we would always be there. So we would come downstairs and, you know, always eat well, right there. Well, you know there. what it was? I'm, well, I'm we in wasn't the, in there every day, but right, once a week. But I was in the basement, you know, well, actually, I was on the first floor of the right. building and just on the on the inside of the atrium. You know, they kind of like blocked off certain doors to go from the. Actually, I know that building by heart. So when you walk in, you got the Starbucks on the Mm -hmm. far east corner. Yeah, Cravath's Cravath's mailroom entrance is right there across from the. I never knew that. Yeah. And then, like, Cravath's main entrance is right up on the front. And then you guys would take stuff upstairs when they need it. Exactly. We and it was funny. You worked there for years, twenty years, right? A long fucking time. And Twenty-four years to be exact. My brother, what year did you start working at Cravath? Nineteen ninety-one. All right, so my brother got signed to Sony, and then the contract was moved over to Universal. Mm-hmm. Two thousand three, four. Oh, I was still in the building. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. for years, I know. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we was. We was in and out about building once a week, but I would meet my homegirl Emmy there because she used to work for this uh, famous plastic surgeon. Very cool, very this, that, and the other. Okay. And he would be, we would meet like a couple, we would drive over to the building. Right. And we would sit in that little centrifuge there and eat, you know, eat mm-hmm. cheap nachos and chips because no one wants to spend over 10 bucks. Exactly. And then you had the burger joint up the block. That uh-huh. big sitting area is huge. Yeah, it is. It you know, is. and you can wait. And sometimes you're waiting to get a table or waiting to eat. Man, and listen. And this, that, and So like we would always courtyard? get quesadillas. Yeah. Yeah, that courtyard. Listen, that was like my, my go-to in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, During my lunch hour, I'd sit right. right there with my book and just write or just read something. Or, and we was always in the heart. You know what? We always sat against that wall of that place. And yeah. twice a week, we would sit there every day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know. This is on 40. 49th technically yeah 49th 49th and 8th and 9th Avenue yeah. it's a beautiful sitting area that you had the hotel over there mm-hmm. that very famous hotel um, the apartments and it was the edge into Hell's Kitchen once you hit right. once you hit the 8th technically you was in Hell's once you hit 9th you was in Hell's Kitchen and shit right. like that 8th so, 9th and 10th uh, what you call it um, we was talking about it earlier HKW um, HK that? West Hell's Kitchen West, that's what they're calling it? Hell's Kitchen, yeah, some stupid yeah. shit. Hell's Kitchen West, yes, I a, yes, I yes. I got a funny story about this. Check this out. Now, back in the day, because I also went to school there, Graphic Arts is right down the block. Is so, it? I always wondered where that building yeah, was Yeah, Graphic Arts is right down the block, and then right down the block from that is Park West. Mm-hmm. So both schools was basically just like a, a stone's throw away from each other. So now, in that time, going to, going to school in that area, of course, that was like, 
um, Prono City, Porno City, all over the place, right? Oh, yeah, all of Faith Avenue, up yeah. until you hit about 29th. Right. Then it died out, and then it kicked back in between 16th and right. 4th Street down there on the west. So from all that way, all the way up to 54th Street, right? It was a... Um, there's a um, there's a hotel there now. It's the Howard Johnson, I think it is. Actually, no, the Howard Johnson has always been there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's one of those one of those places. The Adonis Theater used to be there. Okay. Right. And at the time when they were building up the when they were opening the building and Cravath was getting ready to well, pardon when the company was getting ready to you know start to pay for their lease and to get into the building, they got word from one of the partners. Oh, they wasn't always there. No, because they trans they transitioned from Chase Plaza, okay. Manhattan, the lower Manhattan, all the way up to, you know, to the to the um, Worldwide Plaza. Right. So they had the Adonis Theater welcomes so and so and so to Eighth Ave. My manager tell my old manager would tell me the story all the time and just had me cracking up when he tells me and shit. He was like, they saw the guy, they saw the main partner's name up there, and he told them. Scorch that building right now. Get rid of this building right now, or we breaking the lease. You can't break the lease. This is a twenty year summer lease. He's like, yo, you hear what the fuck I told you? Did they get rid of the building? They scorched that goddamn building. Crazy. They're on fire. <laughs> they scorched that building. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Yes, this story is a made-up story just in case legal representation comes in <laughs> and listens to this shit. So that story was 100% made up by Mark Morell well, and his know. friends telling each other great and wild stories about what they thought happened <laughs> on the streets of New York because there's an old Jew somewhere looking to count somebody's pennies. <laughs> <laughs> That, you know what I'm saying? Oh God, <laughs> I got a I got a headache off of that shit. But you know what? Yeah, yeah make sure you turn the the the. You know, but it's true though. You know, no, the blue piece. The yeah. turn the, this yeah. part. It's a, it's a made up story. This turn, yeah, there you, you know, go. It, it's it's a made up story. Yeah, you know. you know, but that's but I'm not shocked because type that type of shit would happen yeah. on a regular basis. But the line was, "We're lawyers. We can do whatever the fuck we want." Right. <laughs> it happens to the best of them. And they were Jewish lawyers, right? Of course, Correct. of course, yeah. of course. We, we, that Universal building, we used to be in there so much, it was funny. And then um, all of the labels were kind of, a lot of people don't realize Hollywood and the Hollywood film and the music in the industry are really in Manhattan. Yeah. The big buildings with the halo names and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other are sitting in L.A., but really, a lot of the work the gets done is done here York. in New York yeah, City. Of course. Yeah, because so, you got CBS down. You got CBS on Sixth Ave. Right. You got um. This you, is my Rissa's championship belt. You know, you had you have like I said, CBS on, um, CBS and Sony on Sixth Ave. Bad Boy on Fifty Seventh Street. You have all these Arista, labels. Arista, 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 you know, yeah, so it was it was everywhere. We was in and out of only the Sony building and only the Universal building. Mm-hmm. Never been in the Bad Boy building. Never been in at a. Uh, Jay's in them's office, which was part of Def Jam on a lower floor, right? Um, the higher floor, on the upper floors, right? We never been to. We we knew where all the buildings was at, but we didn't have a reason to go in there, right? Um, Justin was in and out of Def Jam, who I do the important nobody's podcast with. Right. They were in and right. out of Def Jam because they worked with Dipset in them a lot, okay? And of they course. produced a lot of music for Dipset, which they you know they didn't get no love on, but. Moving forward, let's get on some NXT talk. Word. So at the beginning of the WrestleMania weekend. NXT TakeOver at the Barclays Center took place. Uh, 
six great action-packed matches. Was it six or five? I, I think five five action-packed matches. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking six, but, you know, it was five matches. Uh, this was the real WrestleMania. Word. For, for, for those that follow NXT, that was the show. Um, one interesting note to come out of that, um, WWE, Triple H, William Regal, did their customary photo op. With, with their everybody. latest, with their latest signing, Kushida, mm-hmm. earlier that day at the Barclay Center, and Kushida was sitting in the crowd. Yeah, um, I already don't like what they're doing with Kushida. Okay, I mean, I I understand that they still have him doing the uh, the time but, splitter gimmick. Yeah, that's not what I'm worried about. I got a funny feeling they may not get it, and he will only be safe on NXT. Probably. I think he will only be safe on NXT. Time will tell. You cannot trust WWE with Asian talents, and me and you have disagreed on this in the past, Mm -hmm. but they need full English-speaking talents to get over. Just like, you know why Kenny Omega got over? Because he spoke their tongue fluently and Mm -hmm. strongly. Right. So they didn't have to wonder what he said in English. Mm -hmm. And this is what made Kenny Omega the biggest star in Japan. Right. If they don't speak our tongue properly, they will not be the biggest star. And Kenny Omega is proof of my argument on that. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, like, they put those, like, if they would have brought Kyrie Zane and what's the other chick over properly? Yo, Shirai. Right. If they would have brought Shirai over with her properly and let Paige manage them, Paige is the perfect manager. That girl who knows how to work a mic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She can. She can be a female Paul Heyman with the right training. Yeah, I think so. You know, but moving forward, first match of the night, NXT Tag Team Challenge Championship, the War Raiders, mm-hmm. now labeled the War, no, now labeled the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. Great opener. Yeah. Told the full story. You see my notes down here. Mm-hmm. Great match to start. Failed to tell the story of taking the belts to WrestleMania as implied. Right. They waited to the end of the match to somehow put those words in there. But in reality, great match. They kept the high flyer with the high flyer. Yes. And they kept the, the, the mat the work. Power, right. And they kept the power with the power, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. One of the best matches, probably tag team matches, to come out of NXT in a real long time. Right. Hands down, they knocked it out of the park. One of my favorite matches yeah, as well, def- definitely. One of the one of my, my second favorite, but definitely, definitely, they only missed the place of telling the story of the belts, and that was on the announce team, mm-hmm. not on the wrestling. Right. The wrestling was match perfect. Um, I think Ricochet and Alistair Black was only needed here, not WrestleMania. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it was just one of those uh, one of those good deals. And then the second match of the night ended up being the North American uh, Championship, Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. Yep. Good still. I thought that was a good tale of uh, wrestling between both guys yeah as you see you notice I put my notes down here great match both wrestlers are two to three years out of, of being their best self um if not done if, if not if not transitioned correctly I meant to put correctly mm-hmm. riddle will be lost in the main event in the main roster yeah let me know if my assessment is wrong on that. Well, um he's safe in a in a he, stable audience yeah but. he's safe right now and then once people start tuning in more to NXT and to become more familiar, then yes, he'll be perfectly fine. 
But I think the know, transition on the main roster, I don't think they're going to get what to do with him. I think they're going to try to change this up. Yeah, except for like the, the diehard smarts that know him, that do sit in the, in the main crowd at the main shows. They know who Matt is. Yeah, but when, but when you need a casual audience's opinion, they're going to destroy them. Half the people thought the Viking experience was their name when they came out. You get what I'm saying? Wow, yeah. So, and, you know, Velveteen Dream, the Velveteen, Velveteen Dream, great talent. Mm-hmm. I'm being very honest. What do you do with him when he gets to the main roster? Yo, they better do this something is, good with this him. Is, I don't give a it. fuck that he's black. What do you do with this talent? Because it's these two dudes get lost in the main fucking roster. Yeah. Because look what happened when they brought Alistair Balik, Champa, and what's his name up, and we saw the weight differences and size differences, mm-hmm. and they weren't even established enough to move to that roster like that at that moment when they did that. Mm. What do you do with these two? And they're still two threes out, two, three years out from being their best selves. Yeah, that's so, true. But this, again, was a great match. I don't like that Velveteen gave him the fist bump. He should have never did that. Yeah, but it's not ROH. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 they, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just one of those. I things. mean, if you're gonna do a if you're gonna do a handshake, a handshake is one thing, you know what I mean. But you ain't gotta you ain't gotta do it like that because you're appeasing the smart crowd. Yeah, some some things are just kind of left for 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 intrigue and speculation. Right. Oh yeah, and just to so let me know that we both picked the War Raiders to win. Yes, you picked. We both picked Velveteen. Velveteen. Mm-hmm. I th- we was pretty clear on this show. Yeah. It was very direct, predictable, but great show. Um, then we had the NXT Women's Championship, Sonya Blazer versus Bianca B- B- Belair versus uh, Shirai versus Carrie um, versus Zane. Um, Zane, excuse- this match, here's my notes. Fair and predictable. That's it. It was. And like I predicted, you said be able- Mark did go for the black wrestlers because of his support with black wrestlers. Well, I mean... I just thought that you know Belair was like ready, bitch ain't but ready. She's not. Yeah, did you now? When you watched the match, did you see that she wasn't ready, or did you? you do you think that she should have won? Still, I think that she wasn't ready. If there was one person that she's powerful though, she's strong. If there's one person that definitely deserved the win in this matchup, it was definitely the champion. Yeah, right now she's keeping this belt established because if this belt comes off of her. Like has been proven when it went to Kyrie Zane, it's, it's going to be done. It gets lost in translation, so it's hard to move her from this roster mm-hmm. when she's protecting the women's roster at this moment. Right. So what is she called? The Queen of Spades, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, she's definitely going to. I like her gimmick right now. So she's it's she's growing. a strong fit as the champion. I don't like the, when she opens her mouth, but I do yeah. like the yeah. She, but she's going to need challengers for the title, and these are the right challenges. And, and this is another thing about Bianca Blair. There's a B- B- Belair. There's a lot to her. But that dirty South gimmick is not come when she comes to the ring. Is like, all right, we know you're a little ghetto, but uh, that's do you that, have to be that ghetto. That ain't the uh, dirty South to me. That's like dirty Brooklyn. <laughs> no, no, she's yeah, but you know she's from the South. Oh, I didn't I had no had no clue. About yeah, that. so she's coming out to that sovereign bounce that oh, that trap and all that. Whatnot. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. And I get it, but her gimmick is gonna have to change for her to grow. She doesn't have to become the traditional. But she's gonna have to make that character very dominant because her wrestling shows dominance and strength. Right. But when she walks to that ring, you get a girl who happens to look like she's just lucky to be there. Right. Um, what I consider oh match number four and what I consider the real main event. Walter versus uh Pete Dunn for the universe for I the wanna say UK something. title. Though I wanted to say Walter as I went back and listened. I agree with Walter, but I thought they were gonna 
keep Dunn there to build this story. Mm-hmm. But again, Walter, I believe Dunn is just in a different zone and he needs to move to the main roster. Well, they're going to have him in rematching against uh, Walter, Walter for the title. Right. And I, and I, I think the title should stay on Walter. Yeah. But in reality, this was the best match of the night. Yeah. Mark said we're going to get a technical match. I said we're going to get nothing technical. This was barefoot, bare hand, <laughs> fighting and wrestling these two. Dude. Let me tell you what, you know what they did? And this is where me and Jim Cornette agree. If you do 50 flips in a match, you're not a wrestler. You're an acrobat. Mm-hmm. They don't like that I say that. Fight me. You know what these two proved? They fought. It looked real. Mm-hmm. No match look as real as this. And sorry to say, it's sad that the NXT Championship followed behind this mm-hmm. because this was the main event. Yeah. These two motherfuckers stole the show. Yeah. First time in WWE history, we got a power bomb off the third rope, and someone didn't have to put a table on the on the apron to do it. That's true. Walter is a fucking monster, and he's Austrian. Just to correct it, he did say by mistake that he was from Germany. He's Austrian, but he comes out to uh, a symphony done by the by the by done by the London Symphony Orchestra. He dresses like a military soldier from East London, like I was telling Mark and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um. Very great, very snotty character. Yeah. These two are the most two believable wrestlers in WWE outside of Brock fucking Lesnar. I got to agree. I got to agree. And this that. match, you can try to replicate this. You will never replicate no, this. No. This should have been at WrestleMania. You know the ovation they would have got at WrestleMania? No, they would have stole, the stole the fucking show, man. For this, as a mid card match, this would have stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody would have been like WrestleMania. Who? No, 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 no. It was Walter and and I think done. the NXT Championship. This is not even the NXT Championship. This is the United Kingdom Championship. Mm-hmm. This title deserves to be represented at WrestleMania, not NXT. You get what I'm saying? Right. These two should have taken the took in the place of Miz and Shane. Well, it's not like it's gonna see uh, NXT create an NXT United Kingdom title. When they it- should. In reality, because this is not a uni- this is not an NXT championship, this is the WWE United Kingdom championship, as if the European. But there's an NXT Women's Championship and UK, a NXT, yeah, NXT U- United Kingdom Tag Team Championship. Establish mm-hmm. another belt and bring this belt to the main roster. Right. This motherfucker right here, these two, best match of the year. No yeah. one's gonna follow this for a whole year. Um, Ward, uh, I pick. I picked uh, Dune. Mark picked Walter. Walter took the win. I think that was the right move. Right. They stole the show. Power bombs, chops, this, that, and the other. You that, believe that you saw a fight, and this is where that, you want wrestling to look like. This was British strong style at its finest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So with those two, it was well established. And then to move on to the main event of the show, we end up which, which was, I'm going to say what I'm going to say in a minute. NXT two out of three falls match for the championship, their their world's championship. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Mark picked Cole. I picked Cole. They gave it to Gargano. I got it. You need to keep you need to keep him on NXT until you start calling guys up from the farm. Right. Um. What did I put down here? Did I put any notes for these two? Uh. Match of the year. This is what wrestling is meant to be. Uh. First match in three years to feel like a fucking fight. Yeah. Last match was Brock versus what's his name when he threw was when he threw him around. Talking Roman. About Roman Reigns, right? And then before that, it was Brock 
versus Cena. The mm-hmm. last time you felt like you saw a fucking fight. Right. Those two did that. But going back to the main event, Adam Cole and them came out. I didn't realize how petite these two were. No disrespect to Gargano. He looks like he's wearing Sasha Banks underwear to the ring. He like a little. He looked like a little boy. In yeah, his he was dressed up like Iron Man. He was cosplaying like Iron Man at night. Oh, not that. He just looked like a little boy in his underwear. Okay. You know, so whatever. Match looked like they were training for the match. The and first two falls looked nobody, so. Nobody really cared about the first two falls of the match. It was, it was only the last one. What should have? What it? What it should have been? Rather than just some two out of three four match. And I and I and I can understand the intrigue. And the oh, I did write that. A two out no, of three falls match. No, Johnny built like Sasha Banks and boys underwear. But no one really cared for the first two falls. They only cared for the finish. They cared for the last fall. Right. And that was pretty much it. And you know, I'm glad that Johnny won. Um, I'm glad that Adam Cole put on a hell of a showing for that title. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like I said, the fans were out of out of sales for that match. Yeah. So great. That ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Great show. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half because of that predictable that that training match shit yeah. with the first two falls. Right. But it was a good show. The third match they did turn it up. They did do their thing. Everybody got like forty minutes to fifty. Everybody got like forty plus minutes yeah. to do their thing, which I thought was great. And it proves that Triple H should be booking Monday Night Raw and booking SmackDown because with Triple H and his small writing staff of three to four people put that together mm-hmm. and they believe in long booking and they know how to book even though the long booking is now four, five, six months yeah. Triple H has mastered the art of that and I can't argue with him on that at exactly. all Exactly. but um, we thank you guys for listening we appreciate it there wasn't much to talk about on that one but we had to give you that review and we we do late reviews on purpose because we want to take in the show and really evaluate and exactly. judge it giving you a review right after the show is just not smart and we're running off for probably fatigue or just judgmental time. So it gives us time to go back and watch the show over the course of a week and really process it. come back to it and give you what you need. Yeah. We thank you guys so much. No, you don't get no outro music. Go fuck yourselves.